Let's go. You're listening to KZSU, Stanford University's FM radio station, broadcasting across the Yay area on 90.1 and across the world at KZSU.org. Welcome to Brands, Beats, and Bites, hosted by Daryl D.C. Cobbin and Larry Taman. Brands, Beats, and Bites stands at the intersection of brand, tech, and culture. We bring you interesting people and insightful points of view on what's popping and not popping in marketing, tech, culture, and beyond. D.C. and Larry are fascinated with the stories and people behind some of the best marketing in the business. No matter how dope your product, if your marketing sucks, your company may suck too. They both serve as managing partners at marketing consultancy Brand Positioning Doctors, where they help companies large and small, tech and non-tech, build better marketers so they can build great brands. Welcome to Brands, Beats, and Bites, the intersection of brand, tech, and culture. The greatest hits edition, d to tell Oh, we got the techniques one and two right here. Scratching, funk master, flex in the building. We got hits. And here's the question that we're going to have people run down for us. These are the greatest answers that we have got on, frankly, my favorite question. What was your biggest F up? All right, DJ, drop the needle. All right, Lynn, um, as Larry eloquently flowed through your illustrious career, yes, you've had lots of successes. This is why people have tapped you on the shoulder and say, hey, Lynn, are you interested in maybe doing this? Uh, but with this third question here, uh, I don't want to know any of that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what I'm most interested in, Lynn, is your biggest F up and what you learned from it. And as my daughters would say, keep it a buck. Keep it 100. Uh, I'm like, wait a minute, where do I start, right? So first, let's talk about my philosophy on this, right? If you are not failing, you're not pushing the envelope enough in marketing. Mm. Say that again, please, Lynn. Say that again, please. No, if you are not failing, you are not pushing the envelope enough. Love that. You know, it's just... great. And fail fast, Right. The faster you know, and the faster you learn from it, the faster you can adjust and go on. So that being said, I mean, I've messed up. I, I can't, seriously I, help me. Right. How many times haven't I, I messed up? And that could be from, you know, when you're all out of college and you're learning the ropes and you're learning the politics, you know, so mm-hmm. there's plenty of, of mess ups that way where you're, oh, I shouldn't have done that in this meeting or, or I, I should have been more vocal in a particular mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if I, if I try to keep it real, um, you know, I, I can't just point to one. So let me, let me know if this is going to fit your, your 100, you're like, give me a real one. Yes. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time and effort at one of those organizations that, that you mentioned and everybody will probably be able to figure it out, but it's around disaster recovery. And we thought, wouldn't it be great if we, did you guys ever hear that book, that worst case scenario handbook where you'll open it up and be like, how do you get out of quicksand or how do you? Oh yeah. 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 I I remember that. Yep. How do you wrestle an alligator or those situations? So kind of a a cheeky how-to book. And um, one of the agencies that we had worked with either knew the artist or whatnot. So we went on this very um, extensive maybe too many concepts type of campaign to get. Mm -hmm. And we hadn't really thought about 
um, how that would execute. We all know the adage, right? In marketing, you got to tell them, then tell them what you just told them, right? So mm-hmm. we embarked on, on probably too ambitious of a campaign based on our budget and based on our time commitment. Mm-hmm. So to me, we ended up wasting money both in our creative design as well as our execution because we were trying to jam in too much. And then the sales team, you know, probably didn't have the best buy-in from the sales team on what we were trying to do. So that, that was pretty much, that was up there as far as can you live and learn about rolling out a campaign, how ambitious to be. Mm. And that's where I probably get into that. Um, what did you learn from it? You have to iterate, right? Like don't put all, don't, whether you want to call it agile marketing versus waterfall marketing, like don't spend all your time building out this really elaborate campaign, start small, test, iterate, then move on to the next component. We tried to build out the whole thing, like almost a year's worth of stuff. Then you don't ever get into a situation to be able to pivot or adjust, you know, because you've you've spent so much time building out. Mm -hmm. That's too rigid for today's marketing. So it also sounds like the build, it's building up, building up, it's taking so long and then it's wah, wah, right? Like that's exactly. part of it too, right? Because you, you're, you're building it up so much. And then if you haven't gotten the buy-in and then all of a sudden it just, it, it falls off. And again, we don't have to mention the company, but um, that's a live and learn. And I could tell, I know from the work we did, that's one of the things you kept telling the team is just keep going. We'll, you know, We'll iterate on the fly. I, I'm going to mm-hmm. quote. I'm going to quote uh, the great uh, Dr. Howard Moskowitz, who I've done a lot of work with in my day. Uh, Howard's world-renowned market researcher, and I we use this quote in meetings all the time: "Is don't let perfection get in the way of progress." Yeah. And that's really what you're saying, Lynn, right? Yes, yes, that's the whole part. of move fast, iterate, learn from it, right? So it's pretty much ingrained in all of our team building moving forward. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, I've got a couple of takeaways from that. Uh, and and by the way, Lynn, I will tell you, I've made the same mistake on multiple occasions. Yeah. And I would imagine many folks that are listening to this podcast right now have made right. uh, that mistake. There are two things that have come to my mind listening to you. Uh, sometimes what we do as, uh, as marketers and branders, we get too cool for school. Yeah. So we, we get so caught up into what we think it's going to do and what we think it's going to mean. And then the next thing you know, it's like it doesn't mean anything. All right. Yeah. We're getting yeah. that special, like, we got to get so and so. Yes. Like, yes. Or, oh, if we only get, and, and yeah, and we just get so caught up in it. And yeah. We do. We do. And then the second thing that happens, and I've been guilty of this, Land and LT, more times than, 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 than I care to admit, but many times is that. Given sometimes the amount of internal approvals that have to happen before something goes out, we spend so much time convincing ourselves internally, mm-hmm. we forget that the that the 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 big prize is to convince the consumer or the customer. We feel like, oh my goodness, we've gotten 80 people to say yes to this. Right. And the 81st is the consumer, and we right. forgot it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've done that. I've done that. All right, uh, uh, LT. Anything more you want to add here before going to the next question, bro? No, I'm glad. Just you the only that. other thing on that one. Um, yes. Throw in there. I, I don't know. I'm sure you guys have heard of the the 70-20-10 rule, but we try to live by that too. Which is 70 percent. We do what is tried and true. 
It's worked for us in the past. It's worked for us as another company, 70%. The other 20% is maybe you tried it that first time, DC, like you were saying, mm-hmm. you tried, you're going to try it again because it should have worked, right? Uh, okay. Okay. It worked, right? So let's optimize it or let's take something that worked for you in a previous life and mm-hmm. do it again at a, at a new company because it's new to this company, but not necessarily new to you. And then 10% is like wild and crazy ass. The, the crazier you can get, the better, like throw the spaghetti against the wall and see if it sticks. Like what's the latest technology? What's the latest way to engage with your audience? Like where like all this MarTech stack, you know, like pick, mm-hmm. try it, you know, because if you're not, again, you're not trying, you're not trying new stuff. You're, you're just not pushing. Don't go in with any ROI expectations, any result, like just try it and see what the heck happens. Wow. Love that framework. Yeah, I'm struck with that, Lynn. Is there any reason for the 70 and the 20 and the 10? I mean, I, I, it makes complete sense, but is there any, is there anything science underneath it or is just, is one? Well, I mean, the science is you should be doing what's working. You know what's going to yeah. work. You know, marketing yeah. is not necessarily rocket science. I mean, there's a science Agreed. to it, but you know, it's not a silver bullet. It's tried and true. It's the basics and doing the basics really well. Mm-hmm. That's where the 70%, make sure you've got your eye yeah. on all, like you haven't, too much to trying new stuff and and you take your eye off your core, right? So focus on the core, the 20%, you should always be A-B testing. You should always be iterating. You should always be trying to optimize, especially like don't take a failure and be like, well, it failed. I'm never doing it again. Yeah. Like how do you continue to look at it? And then the 10%, like I said, let's have some fun, right? Let's try to do, let's really see what's out there. Well, and also with the 10%, if you do fail, like if you take that wild ass crazy idea and you fail, you've learned something from it. So you never yeah. re- really quite fail. And if, and if you are doing it in this ratio, it's not going to, it's not like you're banking everything on it. And, right. and, but again, it's like, you know, to, to use the sports analogy, it's like you're swinging for the fences and you, you could hit a home run. So. And sometimes as marketers, we, I don't want to say hide, we call it a pilot. Yes, yes. Pilot, test and learn. Pilot, test it, yes. <laughs> test and learn, pilot. Don't, yeah, but don't judge us. We're just trying. Right. But you know what? We've had to do that. That goes back to uh, we understand positioning with the organizations that we're in. And it's setting up expectations that we were talking about before. If you build up too many expectations, then you get the wah-wah. If you, if you do a pilot program and it does hit, then all of a sudden, and you get something, then it changes the game. And um, it, it is an expectation setting game a lot of times internally. Yeah. And as long as you're going to, if it does fail, you learn from that. Why did it fail? And you yeah. analyze that so that you can use that as a lesson learned. To me, again, going back to what I originally started, but there's no failures. So you've had an extraordinary career, uh, my brother. You've done things that very few in the world have ever done. And you've done them across a range of different areas. And uh, you've had successes. Otherwise, you're not in the seat that you're in. You, you've had a cacophony of successes. But what we want to know, Mr. Ed Dandridge, is what was your biggest F up and what you learned from it? Oh, I couldn't give you just one. Because, uh, you know, I think I've got a great, to go back to the music analogy, I've got Greatest Hits Volume 1 <laughs> Volume 2. Oh, that's good. You know, I, I will tell you, again, you need to know what you do well. 
You need to know what you don't do well, and you need to know what people are willing to pay you the top dollar to do. Mm-hmm. And I think the the failures I might have had earlier in my career were when I wasn't really clear on the value that other people were ascribing to my work versus mm-hmm. my own, right? And it's back to the left brain, right brain. Right. There are moments in marketing when you can be an artiste. Mm-hmm. particularly in, in an agency construct where you've got the purity of the opportunity to create and ideate. And then there are moments, particularly when you're managing a brand, leading a team, supporting a business, where pragmatism, efficiency, expediency, alignment reign. In other words, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the really, really good. Yes. And if you sort of track back to what we were talking about a couple of minutes ago and feeling like you might not have been fully seen or heard or validated, it's only human nature to sometimes want to stand up and really advocate and fight for an idea or a position or principle because it's ultimately larger than just that principle. It's really about you. Yes, right. But you don't get paid for that. You get paid to bring your whole self to work, but you get paid to bring your whole self to work in the service of something greater, mm. in the service of a bigger purpose. And I think it's a it's a maturity lesson that I had to go through over many years, you know, and several decades when you get to a point where you're comfortable in your own skin, you've got a sense of humility, You've got a self a selflessness, but also a, a sense of selffulness and knowing when to calibrate the two and be really there and present for your own purpose, but then also to know when you have to sublimate your own ego in the service of something larger. That is not something that people are just born with. Mm. That takes a lot of work. It's scar tissue. And it's repetition. And I sort of look back a lot of times when I talk about my greatest hits and failures, it's those cringeworthy moments where I'm like, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. Why didn't I just shut the F up and just stay out of the frame? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but I did it about myself. Okay, Ed. So you got to give us one of those cringeworthy moments, man. You're like setting us up here. Come on, man. Give it to us. Enough with the generalities, brother. <laughs> Dispense um, with those. So I was working at a a marketing agency, and we got an an emergency call to go see a very, very important media client. And they were just about to sign a high-profile deal with an entertainer slash artist who had a troubled past. Mm -hmm. And this company wanted to do something very, very large to celebrate signing this artist because it was basically a coup that they were going to steal market share from their much larger, better branded competitor. Sure. And so I was asked to go into the room to start thinking about the creative brief to sort of do the promotion for Goddess, which would have been the creative aspect of it. Mm. But the lawyer side of it saw the risk, the potential boycott, the negative press (laughs) um, that could come in any circumstance for aligning the brand with this, you know, sort of challenged public persona, Mm -hmm. but especially because we were going to take out full page ads and sort of have this bravado. Right. And so, 
you know, I went into a room to do a tactical assignment about a promotional campaign, and instead of letting that happen, I sort of raised this bigger issue. The meeting dissolved. I went back to my office. I got called in by the partner who was like, what did you say? You killed Joy. You killed Joy. sheepish, and he said, anyway, they want you back there at 2 o'clock. They're bringing in two senior people who want to hear how you're going to fix this problem they have. It ended up turning into a much larger assignment for us. But again, I like that was not what I went over there for. I could have just kept my head down, done that, would have been fine. I saw something. I wanted to make sure they saw me in the room as more than just someone who was there to do as told. It happened to work out over time, but it, it, I talked about the long walk before. The long walk back to the office was not great. So, D, I'm struck with, with an interview question. What's your greatest weakness? Yeah. People say, well, I work too hard. I just work too hard. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I, just, don't know I, never, I never shut it off. <laughs> I don't know, Ed. Come on, Ed. <laughs> Come you know, on, Ed. That's a, Ed, I love the story, but in terms of an F-up, that's like a packet of Kool-Aid in a swimming pool, dude. Come on now. <laughs> well, you don't know who the celebrity is. You don't know how big of an F-up it was. <laughs> okay, all right. My man, my man. Go ahead, LT. <laughs> from an engineer and you move your way all the way up <laughs> under the tutelage of, of folks that supported you and the heroes. So there's no way for you to move up unless you have some wins on the board. Yep. Ah, but alas. <laughs> we got to also have some F-ups along the way. Uh-huh. So if you could please share your biggest F-up and what you learned from it. Absolutely. Oh, my God, I have so many of them. It's hard to, like, say, which one is the biggest? <laughs> um but I'll share a recent one because okay. I'm sure I've had, like, plenty along the way. Mm. And, you know, I like F-Ups because if we don't fail, we don't really learn. Uh, How are you going to learn? Hey, Ashe, do that. <laughs> yep. So I'm a big believer. And I tell my team, fail, fail fast, and let's learn for it. And, you know, put, put your money where your mouth is. Don't just say that, right? Yeah. Like, take mm -hmm. bets. So last year, so we have a really big event. It's called Cyber Defense Summit. We mm -hmm. have a lot of personalities there. We have a lot of people who attend the event. And we have prominent personalities who come and keynote. Okay. And we have a tradition of having Secretary of States and other, you know, heads wow. of... Wow, um, that's very prominent. Very prominent. These are big dogs. Head yeah. of, like, uh, director of CIAs and uh, FBI. Okay. okay. Uh, I joined FireEye because I wanted to be in the FBI, and I felt like this was closest to, to <laughs> okay. my dream. So, so that, it's a big event, and it's super cool and super fantastic. And we had a great, great event last year. But along the way... There was a very prominent figure, a, a, a personality who we selected as our keynote speaker, mm -hmm. and that personality said, yes. Excited, announced it, mm -hmm. and then all things went wrong. Ooh. Because mm. um, there was a lot of conflict on who this personality was right. in terms of there's supporters on either side of the aisle. Right. Oh. At our company, with our customers across the board, and it was something which we didn't expect. Okay. I didn't expect. Right. You know, most of the times in my career, I've, felt I've had complete control okay. on a situation. Like, okay. I'm right. like, okay, you know, yeah, because I'm a problem solver. I like to solve. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But what happens when you make a decision right. and when you're not, you're super excited. Like, yes. right. oh sure. my God, this is great. awesome. Like, yes, this yes, is yes, great. yes. And then you announce it publicly and the reaction is not 
Right. Opposite. And, oh. so there was and, and of, was it your decision primarily? It was our executive team executive decision. Executive decision, okay. Decisions, so okay. it was our you know, CEO. But you were, at the, you were at the point of this. Absolutely. Uh, okay. But I'm the got CMO it. of the company. Right. Okay, right? Got so it. At the end of the day, this is this is on me. Right. This is like this is my decision. Mm. So this is absolutely accountability on my shoulders. And there was it was an interesting time because I had to step back and say, what happened? Mm-hmm. No. We're fairly smart people. Mm-hmm. We look at the world in many ways. Yes. And we are we have a pulse on the market. Mm-hmm. And we were all really perplexed. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized, you know, we are a very divided society mm-hmm. today. And one of the biggest learnings, because I think F-ups are great because you get to learn. And if right. you have an F-up and you don't learn from it, then that's even a bigger F-up, right. actually. So my learning was, listen better Mm. and Mm. it's not sometimes you know we are like uh, talking about human motivations we are in our own echo chambers Mm -hmm. and so we are listening to our own things and i'm saying oh my god this is great this is great but that might not be someone else's truth right and when Mm. i announced this personality i realized wow you know i did not understand someone else's truth Mm -hmm. And it's my job to do that. It's my job to understand that. It's my job to figure out how do we unify, not divide. To do the right thing for all with respect and dignity and thoughtfulness. Mm. So to me, like that was one of those moments in my life where I realized that, well, you know, I didn't feel like I have control on this situation. Mm -hmm. And it was very emotional and hard. Now, I, whenever I go in a meeting, and that was thanks to the situation, I say, I want to hear at least three points which differ from what I'm saying. Wow. Right. So you're you, encouraging. You invite this. Oh, yeah. my God. Absolutely. <laughs> That's strong. Because I felt there were people who came and told me later, hey, we had, like, you know, questions about it. I said, why and didn't you speak, speak up? And they didn't speak up. And, and, right, right. Right. And I was very direct. I said, look, if we have a seat at the table, we have to speak up. Or we don't deserve a seat at the table. So that that. was one of the things where I learned that, you know, great, the the person here, great human, great, great personality, you know, great conference, all that all worked out. But it's it's a great learning to understand that our world is a divided place right now. It is. And we have to do our part as humans and as leaders and as marketers to close the divide. Right. This is an incredible larger truth that you share. Yes. And, you know, what's amazing is it's what you learned. That's what we always talk about. We're not here to ask this question to, like, be salacious and people say, oh, I did this. It's really to impart on our audience, like you said before, we all make mistakes. It's what you learn from it. And what I love is is how much time you spent talking about what you learned and listening better. And what she did afterwards. That's right. That's mm. right. Exactly. Strong. Huge, speak strong. up, people. Strong. <laughs> That's right. Speak up. All right. So, Julie, we've got Hostess, Energizer, Batteries, Gerber, Dean Foods, La Quinta Inn, and Belk. And then uh, your board member of Jack's Family Restaurants. That's a lot of different brands and a lot of different experiences. And as Larry did at the opening of the show, he waxed poetic about your illustrious career. But we don't want to know about any of that on this question. (laughs) We don't want to know about any of that good stuff. Okay. We want to know about when you made a gigantic, massive, epic F up. We want you to give us one of those and then what you learned from it. Well, I'm going to pivot actually to 
the personal side. As a parent of two kids, I probably had a whole list of those that we could talk on and on about. But I believe that you know being a parent has made me a better leader, honestly. One of my employees who worked with me on the agency side at Gerber and then came to work for me at La Quinta made a comment. She said, Julie, you know, I've, I've known you right when you became a parent. And I think that you know being a parent has made you a better leader. And I got to thinking more about that. So the examples I'm going to share with my two kids. So I have a daughter who uh, is 23, just in her first job out of college. And back in the day of this big F up, she was in a performing arts school in Dallas, Booker T, and they had planned this huge concert themselves, and she had a big solo, and I was traveling right before that, and she says, I have to get a dress, I have to get a dress, and I think we had been kind of, you know, chirping at each other the whole week, you know, prior, like moms and, and teenage daughters do. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, anybody with, I said, you heard you had three daughters, so you know what I'm oh, saying, yes. right? Yes, <laughs> I understand this. So she sends me this picture of the dress she bought, and I'm not liking it. It feels too revealing for parents in a crowd at Booker T, right? And so we're back and forth, and I said, you can't wear that. Well, I'm going to wear it, right? I'm going back and forth. Well, I'm just flying in to head right to the concert, so there's nothing I can do about it. So I, I pull this card, and I say, well, if you're going to wear that, then I'm not going. Oh, my. And Oh, I don't know why I did that. I guess it was, you know, parent power or whatever. I don't know. And so I ended up not going and she was so upset with me. I don't think she still has forgiven me for it because she really wanted me there. And I made almost every single event, you know, in my kids where I could. I was mm -hmm. lucky to work for companies that allowed that. So my, my leadership lesson from that, and then I'm going to switch to another story with my son, is be careful what you go to the mat for because... Mm -hmm relationships. And as a leader, I think that's, you know, super important as well. So that was my learning from that experience with my daughter. So I'll pause there before I flipped one with my son, a, a well, different side. I want to thank you for sharing that because D, this is the first personal one. And quite honestly, that's more important. Like I we appreciate yeah. you telling that story because I that's agree. pretty vulnerable. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I I think we're all people, right, and humans, and yep. bring our humanness to work every day, right? And yep. and so I'm grateful for the companies I've worked for have been incredibly family friendly, and I was able to raise my kids and and be able to do great work and lead teams. So the flip side of that is with my son. So my son played hockey since he was four. He played high level hockey, prep school hockey. So yes, I am a hockey mom, and. We had you know, a lot of coaches over the years, most of them fine, but one year at a pivotal time in his hockey career, we had a really bad coach. And this coach did something that was a fireable offense, and I won't go into it. I still get upset thinking about it. And I was trying I to decide. On the basketball you know? side, so, so totally relate. So keep going. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I support coaches. It's a hard job, but this was a, a fireable offense for sure. And I was trying to decide what to do about it. Uh, thinking really long and hard about it. And, you know, as a leader, as a servant leader, you know, I believe, do you give people second chances? Do you help develop him and grow? Do you make it a learning experience? So instead of having him fired, I s decided to sit down and have a conversation with him because you know he's a leader of young boys, right? These are young boys that are learning character. Sports is so much more than just sports, right? Yes. And so I had this conversation with him. Needless to say, it didn't go well. <laughs> and not well at all matter of fact and what happened after that it was towards the end of the season and and 
he ended up being the coach of my son's team the following year, which never happens in hockey either. And he did not take my son on the team. And that altered his hockey career quite a bit. So this was a time where I gave someone a chance when I actually should have fired, had him fired. So it was kind of the flip side of my daughter's story. And I think as leaders, again, where we, you know, I take leadership really seriously. I take pe- developing people really seriously. And I took it that way. And it was one time where I should have had somebody fired. So two sides of the same coin, two personal stories that I think I've learned more from, you know, some personal experiences that I've applied to leadership. But this, those were two examples. I wanted to share with y'all. Wow. If you wish to contact us, our email is brandsbeatsbytes at kzsu.stanford.edu. Again, that is brands, B-R-A-N-D-S, beats, B-E-A-T-S, bytes, B-Y as in yellow, T-E-S at kzsu.stanford.edu. 